So here's a question. What's the difference between the earth and the world? Well, for me, the difference is the Golden Gate Bridge. Let me explain. You see, scripture has a way of using these two words. There's the earth and there's the world. And they're not quite synonyms. They refer to something a little different or maybe better. They refer to the same thing seen through a different lens. The earth is planet earth, dirt, rocks, the whole terrestrial ball, along with everything that lives on it, plants, animals, human beings. It's something physical and biological. It's systems of geology and life, all interlocking and working together. So human beings are part of the earth, along with other plants and animals. And the earth is good because God made it. In the beginning, Genesis says, God created the heavens and the earth. Or as the Psalm says, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. So that's the earth, a physical, biological reality. And then there's the world. The world is also planet earth, but it's planet earth seen through the lens of all the economic and political and moral and spiritual realities that govern our lives. The world is about relationships, systems of activity, commerce and trade and politics, projects, undertakings, courage and cowardice, generosity and greed. The world is about human beings and about the powers and principalities that govern life. And the world is also good in the sense that God created it, but it's complicated because the world is in thrall to a lot of evil too. The world is a mixed up place. And you could say that God's plan is for the earth and the world to be one. In fact, God's plan is for the world to be the earth made even better, better by the presence of all those relationships and systems and activities. God's plan for the world is to put all that evil to right. It's been said that the Bible starts in a garden and ends up in a city. And maybe that's a good way to talk about the earth and the world. In the book of Genesis, God puts human beings in an unspoiled realm of nature. They live on the earth. The world hasn't been built yet. And in the book of Revelation that ends the Bible, we have a scene of the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven onto the earth. And that city is a vision of civilization, as it should be. A city that makes the earth even more beautiful, even more itself. Human beings as a gift to nature rather than a danger to it. That's something like what the world is supposed to be. Which brings me to the Golden Gate Bridge. Growing up, sometimes in the Reno area, sometimes in the Bay Area, coming back and forth to this region, I would always see that bridge and find it to be one of the most beautiful settings on planet Earth. Here's this ribbon of water between San Francisco, the peninsula, and the Marin Headlands, the Golden Gate. And there wasn't always a bridge there. And 80 years ago, humans decided to put one there. And your opinion may vary. 
But just for me, this particular graceful arching suspension bridge with its striking gold color in the middle of the fog and rocks and crashing waves fits in with its surroundings so harmoniously that it actually makes that street more beautiful rather than less. It's actually a human enhancement to nature. And how rare those things are. How rare it is that our constructions or our impositions on the environment somehow seem to focus and magnify what's already there, rather than feeling like an imposition on God's creation. So for me, the Golden Gate Bridge has always been a bit of an icon of what the world could be or should be. Now, of course, in reality, nothing's that simple, right? Because the Golden Gate Bridge is more than just a pretty decoration. There are a lot of systems tied up in that bridge. There's a lot of money tied up in that bridge, a lot of power tied up in that bridge, a lot of politics tied up in that bridge. And those things can enable a lot of good, trade, prosperity, interconnection, travel, and also a lot of exploitation. There's a lot of pollution tied up in that bridge. That bridge may be a gift to nature in one sense, but that car exhaust is contributing, of course, directly to not only the droughts and wildfires that threaten us here, but also the climate change that threatens our neighbors all over the world. And on a human level, that bridge every day sees both joy and tragedy. There are wedding proposals there. There are marathons there. There are protests that block the bridge. There are suicides, many of those, enough of them that a special barrier is being built to protect against them. So like everything else in this world, the Golden Gate Bridge is complicated. It's not enough to just say, oh, the Golden Gate Bridge, humanity at harmony with its environment, the world and the earth coming together as one. Because in theological terms, we live in a world that is beautiful and beloved and also fallen. It's subject to sin and evil and death. So the world is complicated. We heard Jesus talk a lot about the world today. In this part of his great prayer for his disciples from the Gospel of John, from the story of the Last Supper. From a time when Jesus is about to leave them, he says, to go to the Father. His path leading through the cross and through his exaltation. And what he prays is that God, the Father, will keep them safe from the world, even as they are in the world. He's fulfilled his mission in the world. But they'll remain empowered by the Holy Spirit to continue his ministry in a new way. And so he says, I don't pray for you to take them out of the world, but to protect them in the world from the evil one. Do you ever feel like you might like to be taken out of the world? It's a pretty difficult and tragic world. We are hearing this week over and over about rockets and bombs in Israel and Palestine. We have been hearing this year of wars in Ethiopia, in Yemen, Afghanistan, Armenia, and Azerbaijan, massacres of civilians in Burma, 
democracy under siege all over the world and here at home, because we surely don't have to go far to find the tragedy of the world at work. The droughts and wildfires I already mentioned. And of course, a pandemic that has killed millions. And even as things grow lighter and more encouraging here, we know that it continues to rage in so many places. It's a tough world. But Jesus doesn't let us demonize the world. And he doesn't let us simply ask to be taken out of it, as if we could go off to heaven and just escape, to say, we are citizens of heaven, so what does the world matter? That's not what Jesus says. For Jesus, the world is not to be rejected, but redeemed. After all, probably the most famous words in all John's gospel are, for God so loved the world that God gave the only son, and God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be saved. We're in a special time of year here at the end of Eastertide in these last days, sometimes called Ascension season, these days between the Feast of the Ascension last Thursday and the Feast of Pentecost next Sunday, a time when we commemorate the in-between time. After Jesus had ascended, the disciples waiting for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. In a way, the way that we feel as a congregation, as we anticipate regathering in person next week, somehow connects to this feeling of anticipation, the feeling of being in between. And the ascension can sometimes seem otherworldly. And sometimes people think Christian faith is otherworldly. But actually, there's nothing that should be more thisworldly. Because Jesus didn't ascend to escape from the world. Jesus ascended so that he could be present to the world as it is everywhere. Not in just one place, but to all of it. And also so that we as the church could become the salt and light that goes out in his name, empowered by the Spirit to fill the world and to transform it. God's dream is about the world and the earth being made one, coming to be as beautiful and perfect as God has had in mind from the beginning, with relationships that are good and life-giving, with power shared gracefully and used for the good of all, with enemies converted into friends and siblings. It's about not just the Golden Gate Bridge, but everything about human civilization and society and the powers and principalities that govern it, making the earth not worse, but better, not less beautiful, but more so, not less healthy, but more so, more joyful, more alive. But that dream isn't complete yet, and it's complicated. And so we exist in the messy middle here in the world where God has sprinkled, has sprinkled us and where Jesus is praying for us, and where God's at work all around us if we have the grace to notice it. So this week on our last Sunday of all Zoom Church, poised in between what has been for the last year and what will be in the future that lies ahead of us, may we find God at work in the messy middle. May the Spirit guide us to all those places where we are being called to join in in new ways with God's healing and transformation 
of the world, the world God loves.